0: Welcome to the PowerShell News Podcast. I'm your host, Harjit Dallawal. And I'm the co-host, Mick Fletcher. Hi, Mick. Hey, Harshit.
1: How you doing? Good, good, good.
0: And, you know, in the scheme of things, right?
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: Yeah. It's all good. Life is moving along, you know. Uh,
1: I think so, too. And, and, and you know, I think 2021 <coughs> is starting to look a whole lot better now than 2020 did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you got to make the best
0: of it, you know, keep a positive spirit and, um, you know, just chug along. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, one needs to keep an eye and, and take care of, uh, you know, the mind, body and soul and, you know, uh, all that stuff. And, and, you know, I think I, you know, I found that one of the things is that uh, to try to keep in touch with, you know, with, with friends and, and the community and stuff, and in any way you can, and just check in once in a while. And hey, how are you doing? You know, um,
1: you're exactly right on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, this morning, uh, you know, I had to go. Uh, I had to go over to the uh, county court clerk to pay our uh, annual property taxes. And the funny thing was, uh, talking about keeping up with um, friends, I found out uh, just massive changes in my local community over there where we live. And I couldn't even believe I had lost touch with so many. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you know, because you're so
0: like isolated or kind of in your own bubble, you're just like, oh, wait, you know, I used to be in touch with these people. And, you know, I think just making a note of that and, and, and realizing it and then making an attempt to just reach out uh, just keeps all those connections, you know, uh, up up to date. And, and, uh, and then sooner or later, we'll all be mingling somewhere, you know, at a at a tech conference or something eventually. So
1: definitely, I can't. I really look forward to that and cannot wait again for the yeah. conferences to get started. So we have uh,
0: um, some good info that we would like to share with our our listeners, and um, you know, I think you know the attempts that we make with our podcast is basically, uh, you know, just to provide resources and information that. People may or may not know, or just you know, kind of has seen it in passing, but did not you know really pay much attention to it. You know, life is busy. People just have way too much you know stuff on their plates. So, this is a good way for all of you to just um, you know hear a little bit about what we have to share, and um, and let us know if you guys want to hear something very specific, and and we'll work on that. So absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so one of the uh, things we want to mention is that uh, just I think it was last week um, the announcement of the PowerShell community blog was uh, was was out, and um, this <clears throat> apparently I think you have more of the history on on what happened with this, but there used to be uh, a you know the blog site for PowerShell uh, run by. Ed Wilson. Yes, exactly. And um, uh, it was on TechNet, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. So that kind of like you know Ed actually retired, and and then you know even TechNet basically retired, and uh, that kind of went away. So um, I believe there's a uh, uh, individual by the name of Thomas Lee or. Did I get Thomas that right?
1: Lee and he goes by the um, uh, Twitter address as uh, at uh, DrDNS. Okay. So
0: he, I think, made an inquiry or he brought this up to, you know, back again into the, you know, uh, some, brought the attention back again, like, hey, what's going on and why can't we have one or something like that, if I'm, you know, if I'm correct about it. So they finally did. They listened. So now. We have uh, the PowerShell community blogs, and it's going to be on GitHub. What does this mean, right? And this is the the GitHub site is actually the one that actually does the monthly, uh, once a month PowerShell uh, community calls, which are really, really, really good, and you should you should participate and join in those uh, the those calls. But what I, what it does is that gives the community to write blogs. And then they get posted on the official PowerShell GitHub site, you know, after approval and things like that.
1: Yes, and and the way it works is now, it's ever since Ed Wilson left, so uh, they've got this new site at GitHub, and the way this works is, so if you have any new issues, uh, you just submit a an issue. And then it appears in, in the uh, issues under the PowerShell community block, and then that's where they they take it and instead of writing an actual uh, page like they did before, they'll answer and uh, close the question uh, that you have there in GitHub.
0: Yeah, yeah. And some of the examples that you know we're seeing is like uh, how to get all the live service in the domain. Uh, determine which groups a user is a member of a lo- in a logon script, and so on and so forth. So, really, really cool stuff that you see here. So, we will definitely post those links um, in our in our podcast channel uh, for you to um, access them and and uh, and and find find these resources. So, jumping next along the lines of you know community stuff and and whatnot, um, I know you want to talk about. Programming languages and freelancing and so on and so forth. So go for it.
1: So, so I was uh, browsing the net for some PowerShell topics, and uh, and I found this one uh, page here that was uh, on Dice.com, and it was talking about 15 programming languages that pay freelancers best. Well, PowerShell was listed as number three on there. And yeah. and what, what I thought was the most interesting, they said that uh, it averages $62 an hour. Uh, for writing PowerShell code, and this is doing obviously doing jobs on the side, or if you've uh, you know lost your job and you're maybe uh, using Guru.com to try to compensate um, before you find another position. But yep. I do this on the side myself. I freelance occasionally, and uh, and it pays well. I typically charge seventy five an hour uh, for yep. mine. And actually, I've been told before that I'm charging too little, but it's just. Freelancing and I'm not, and it's not a permanent job, so I don't charge nearly as much. And I, the way I find it is, uh, people may wonder how do you find a job. Like I said earlier, guru, but a lot of it is uh, recommendations. Um, others in the PowerShell community have recommended me to companies or clients of theirs, uh, saying they need a script written, and they've um, referenced me, um, and that's how I've gotten positions before.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and and obviously, you know, getting those recommendations, they, they came from your blog site because you are writing a lot of like PowerShell uh, related blogs that has been either to fix issues or to enhance an, um, uh, a feature or to solve a problem and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, that's definitely got the eyes of the community and, and, and companies, um, you know, looking for someone to help them with.
1: So yes, that's great. I, and I, th- I think like this is an interesting one right now. And of course, no names mentioned here, but <coughs> I, I'm doing uh, consulting right now for a company in Florida. Uh, I got contacted, and this is an option for people that uh, might get contacted for a job, even though they have a permanent one now. But I got contacted for a six-week job um, in Florida to set up configuration manager and automate some stuff. I told them, I said, you know, I'm not going to leave my current job for six weeks. And I said, but would you all be willing to allow me to work only nights on this? And uh, I didn't hear anything back for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, I guess they couldn't find anybody. And they said, sure. OK, so, yeah.
0: That, so that's uh, an
1: option. If you get if you get, uh, you know, job uh, offers like that, say, hey, are you willing to let me work at night?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's a good tip for people. Um <clears throat> And then, um, you know, as usual in our podcast, we normally talk about some security thing, and we got a couple of these that we want to talk about. So the first one is about preventing scripting attacks on PowerShell with identity-based uh, zero trust. Uh, zero trust, right? So everybody, so zero trust is not a uh, you know a tool or, the, um, or, or per se. It's a it's a mindset, right? It's a mindset of how you do your security. Um, so given that, um, I know, Nick, uh, Mick, you have uh, uh, more details into security-related issues with using PowerShell.
1: So you want to talk about this? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, basically what they're talking about in this article is is um, it, treating your internal corporation as if it's uh, a public uh, internet site. Right.
0: Where you have breach.
1: to trust everything exactly, and they're they're saying that this is one of the ways to help mitigate uh, issues, uh, like for instance, uh, trusting devices, um, appliances in your network that they're the only ones permitted to actually, for instance, be able to do a PowerShell function. Right, and
0: one of the things, the interesting things in this article it mentions that you know PowerShell has already played a key role in many of the successful security attacks, for example. Uh, this I did not know So it's very interesting to me It's the Operation PowerShell Olympics I had never heard of such a thing But apparently was developed and specifically to disrupt The 2018 Winter Olympics In South Korea um, And it's still circulating today According to this article uh, What it did is that It infected wood documents Which are opened by the user And then which instructs uh, Sends instructions to uh, enable content and with a you know hidden powershell script that installs malware and then opens up a you know encrypted tunnel and so on and so forth so that's one of those and then you got powershell's a favorite vector for delivering the emotet trojan so yeah it's it's really interesting obviously you know the bad actors are going to try to find and use common tools that people use and powershell has become so popular and it's embedded into pretty much everything these days so yeah
1: (laughs) yep it's just uh it's gonna get worse and worse on that and and you know the the like we've said in other podcasts before you know some companies take the way of just banning powershell completely which that's not really an option anymore especially if you are a microsoft environment you know you may, most right. of your server stuff now is uh, is built on PowerShell. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one that
0: we want to mention is about a, a trojan called the Mass Logger Trojan, which is apparently designed to steal your passwords. It's a fileless malware that compile compiles itself right on your computer. Um, so. I guess just as it says, you know, it's it's designed to, to steal, you know, usernames and passwords from, you know, uh, your, your email accounts and, and, and you know, um, browsers and stuff like that, um, right?
1: Yep. And, of course, one of the things they mentioned in the article, the best way to protect against this is do not use um, built-in password managers in your browser.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Right, right, yeah.
0: That's hard to do though, (laughs) you know. It's it's so common now; it's so you know built right in into your thing that you just yeah. It it
1: is that is difficult. I I completely agree, and and I've accidentally you know, and it's a pop up, and you know how it gets. Even even I'm guilty of this at times, where you just click on it, and you don't even think.
0: Right, right. And, you know, like the ones that I use, you know, uh, it seems like when I'm trying to, like, locate my passwords, if I don't, you know, if I forget within the browser, you know, it does require to re-authenticate with, you know, um, a second factor to, to give you that ability to see that stuff, even though you already logged into the machine and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. But uh, but yeah, this goes hand in hand with the you know the recent LastPass um, uh, announcement that they are taking away um, a capability with a free version. So we will talk about that a little bit later. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so beware of your credentials. So with that said, um, let's switch gears to. Enabling PowerShell remoting in Windows 10.
1: Yeah, and and you know this is uh, kind of an extension of what we were just talking about PowerShell remoting. You know, a lot of companies don't want that enabled because they're scared. Um, just what we were saying about security. PowerShell remoting is uh, isn't a bad thing if you manage your network correctly, uh, securely. That is, right. Um, I, I use it now. Uh, we don't we don't mass here. We don't mass push it to where it enables on every system. But when we need it, we uh, we definitely enable it and uh, leave it enabled, and we use it. And I I can tell you right now. So the the article there that was written on Petri, uh, how to enable PowerShell remoting in Windows 10, uh, by Russell Smith. It's an interesting article, and he he talks about how to enable it. But you know, I found a much easier way on my own, since we don't enable it. On all systems, the easiest way I found is in Configuration Manager, if you have the recast RCT, I have the free version of it, uh, yep. under um, Console Tools, you can actually – can click on Interactive PowerShell prompt. And if it's not enabled on that system, it will actually prompt you, do you want to enable it? And it does everything for you in the background. Okay. That's really good to know. Does it Does it disable it after the fact? No, it does not disable it. So it stays enabled. Okay. Yes. Well, then we can just, you use the tool to disable it? Now that they do not have on there, but uh, I'm sure that would probably not be a difficult thing. Okay. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh,
0: good tip right there uh, to use the uh, Recast software, the free RCT uh, right click tools um, mm-hmm. built into uh, Config Manager. So, all right, that's a good one. A good tip there. All right, so following along, uh, just uh, earlier this month, uh, the uh, cloud advocate teams and you know the IT ops uh, teams have been doing some uh, pretty awesome. Uh, what do you call it? Sessions, you know, online sessions and you know recordings and stuff like that. And one of them here is uh, called the uh, PowerShell deep dive. Ops one one seven. And it was hosted by Pierre Roman, who is a cloud advocate, and um, with Jason Helmick and Joey Aiello, who are on the PowerShell team. And, I mean, um, it's a really awesome uh, session and uh, recording that you should definitely check out. They talk about a bunch of things. why use PowerShell, what do, what do you need, what, what versions you need, and stuff like that. How, you know, learning about PowerShell, they cover the predictive intelligence, which we will talk just in a little bit here, using VS Code, script analyzer, debugging, uh, secret management, and so on and so forth. So we will again provide this link for you. It's uh, on channel9.msdn.com. Is there anything you want to add to this,
1: Mick? No, that uh, pretty much covers it. And um, you know, it's kind of a, a getting started podcast that they did on, um, uh, well, video cast that is that they did on this. And so, if you wanna, um, you know, if you're, you're interested and you definitely uh, need to learn more, it's a really good one to, to listen to. Yeah.
0: So we did mention predictive intelligence. Our friend Thomas Mauro, uh, Mauro, he is also a cloud advocate who works with uh, Pierre Roman. And he wrote a really nice blog post just very recently called PowerShell Predictive IntelliSense. And he walks you through how to get started with it, you know, what it's all about, how to use it, and, and so on and so forth. What, what, what can you say about Predictive IntelliSense?
1: Well, it's, it's great. Um, predictive IntelliSense, so basically when you're starting to uh, type your uh, commandlets out in PowerShell, it learns what commandlets you typically use, and then it predicts. Let's say you're going to do Get-WMI, for instance. Let's say it will. You start saying Get-W, and then it will go ahead and populate that the dash class and so forth. And so it predicts to help speed your um, uh, coding time up.
0: Yeah, and basically, it's basically uh, artificial AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Yes. Uh, yeah, so he you know he talks about for example the Azure PowerShell module has over four thousand commandlets, uh, with an average of ten parameters each. So, you know, using this uh, mechanism is going to be really really helpful.
1: Absolutely, so and, and part of what he says in here, the supported versions are uh, PowerShell 5.1 and PowerShell seven zero. Exactly. So, and this comes
0: with uh, basically it's a um, um, this was covered, I think, back in when was it covered? Back in November last year, by Jason Helmick, who announced the PS Readline uh, 2.1 with predictive intelligence. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what it is. So
1: you yeah, when well, you and I, uh, you and I had Jason on last January, and yeah. uh, and I remember that it was just being developed at that time. So they've come a long way with it over a year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then uh, switching gears, um, this has been coming
0: up quite a bit lately about secret management and secret store uh, with PowerShell. Uh, one of the things that's happening recently, again, as we mentioned earlier about LastPass, making that announcement that has caused some negativity, you know, with people who have been diehard LastPass users, right? So now you can use the free version of LastPass, but you can use only use it on one uh, device either it's on your phone or on your you know one laptop uh, from what I um, uh, from my what I understand if you need to use multiple systems then you gotta you need to pay you know, their their subscription uh, which is what's causing the whole uproar so people are starting to look for alternatives right other whether it's key pass or password storage uh, mechanisms so with that said, Microsoft has been, you know, um, has implemented and and you know provided this new way of storing credentials using secret management and secret store. This was announced. Um, I think there was a blog post by Sydney uh, Smith, who is with the PowerShell team, and uh, there have been some preview releases, but uh, now it is actually release candidate. I guess it's 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 a uh, it's out there for everybody to use. It's version zero uh, point nine.
1: Yeah, Remember? it can be uh, downloaded on from the PowerShell Gallery.
0: Okay, it's on the PowerShell Gallery, right? And uh, and it's right there. Uh, yep, yeah, it's zero point nine zero. And so you can look into this and um, ways to store and retrieve your secrets, as they call it, right? Yep. Uh, if you're looking for something else, so. With that, our friend Mike Kanikos, and he also just very very recently posted a, a blog post about uh, which is a video on how to get started with uh, Microsoft Secret management module. and I guess he did a a demo uh, with the uh, SoCal PowerShell user group uh, event or something like that that they did recently. And uh, uh, his video covers, ho- covers how to install and co- configure the secret management and secret store modules, how to create, manage, and use secrets, how the secret management module can be used with other password managers, uh, such as KeePass and LastPass, and so on and so forth. So this is really, really awesome uh, what he has done here and, and, um, and provided. Absolutely. Okay. So that's that. And then… Let's let's end this podcast with uh, uh, the PowerShell and DevOps Global Summit
1: 2021. <clears throat> yeah, we're only uh, 63 days away now for that.
0: Yeah, so just over 60 days, and it's going to be held on April 27th to the 29th. And tickets are on sale for about, I think they're running at about $300, uh, which you will get access to live interactions, chats, and on-demand videos um, in case you were not able to make it to some of the sessions. And I think that will be available for a year if I'm not mistaken. Definitely check out events.devopscollective.org, which is where the events page is. And they have a list of speakers as well. They're all listed there from Adam Driscoll, uh, you, know, you name it, Brandon Olin, and Jeff Brazier, Jeff Hicks, um, and so on and so forth. All the the usual names you see in the PowerShell uh, community, right? Yep. So check it out. Um, If you haven't got your tickets yet, definitely get them. And uh, this is a way to support the organization and to keep it alive. And uh, there are some really great sessions here. And if I... Maybe if I can get to the session page, I can probably mention some of the sessions if I can see it. One thing that you don't want to miss is that the keynote for this session or this event is going to be done by uh, none other than Jeffrey Snover and Joey Aiello. So that's going to be an awesome, awesome opening for this uh, conference that's Most definitely. That's
1: show. what I always look so forward to that one at uh, Microsoft Ignite.
0: Yeah. So. Lots of great stuff. Check out the site. Uh, we will post a link again and follow their Twitter handle and so on and so forth. So
1: that's all I got. That's all we got. Is there anything else you want to add, mick I think not. Um, looks like we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to this year and uh, coming in the PowerShell community. Yeah, definitely. All right, so until next time, you'll find me on Twitter as at Hooch, H O O R G E. And you'll find me on Twitter at Mick underscore Pletcher. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.